Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of Geek to Me Radio. Today we are joined by three people. We've got Nigel Tomasi talking about his project, Series Through the Fog, from Mayamata Media. We'll also be talking with actor Aaron Dallavilla about his movie Pledge and his upcoming projects. And finally, we'll talk to Jim Oosley about Butcher Queen news. Stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. And for those of you tuning into us for the first time, welcome to geek to me Radio. I am your host, James Enstall, and we've got three guests this hour. Without further ado, we're going to jump right in. Right now, we're talking with a previous guest, been on the show a couple times about some great projects they've had from Mayamata. This is Nigel Tomasi. How are you? Cool. Yeah, I'm doing well, James. Thanks for having me on again. Anytime. Always love your projects, and you've got a brand new one. The Kickstarter is up and running as of September 3rd for Sirius through the fog, which I think is obviously very uh, timely based on based on the content. Tell people a little, little yes. bit about the project. Yeah, so um, so Sirius is a, a story uh, from our universe of uh, characters and stories. So just a brief background for people who might not be familiar with our, our brand, but Mayamada is a uh, manga brand, uh, and we've created this idea of um, Mayamada being a television network where each of the shows or the stories of the shows are told through manga-style comics that we produce. Um, so Sirius is a volume that we produce in towards the end of 2000 or 2016 sorry um and it's a story about a uh, a young rabbit so all of our characters are animals or anthropomorphic characters a uh, young rabbit called blake and he's from a small sort of poor neighborhood but he has these big dreams of uh creating a business and doing a whole entrepreneurial thing uh, and sort of proving himself in the big uh, the big city called the jungle so he sets off on this adventure he picks up different members of his team. They have to overcome challenges and sort of face adversity. Is that kind of um, having a goal and going after it? So we produced that volume and it's kind of sort of loosely, obviously a lot of creative license, but based on ourselves and our own journey um, as we sort of developed and learned along with our business. So fast forward to sort of 2020, uh, kind of uh, know how that's uh, turning out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, I guess, you know, just really being so personally affected. So from a business perspective, uh, personally, just by the uh, sort of pandemic and um, sort of that uh, lockdown period, a whole social distancing thing and just seeing sort of what I was going through, what other people were experiencing and wanted to produce a story from that. So partly to get, you know, trying to get things in my own head, like uh, uh, sort through those uh, thoughts and feelings, but maybe produce something that could help other people sort of focus on positive outcomes and lessons. So I thought we'd make a story in that serious uh, world where the characters would have to face up to a pandemic that just completely dashes uh, all the plans they thought they had uh, and then see how how they deal with that from a business and sort of mental um, uh, mental toll kind of uh, perspective as well. And it's interesting because I know a lot of people I've seen creatively in television, in movies, uh, they've talked about it in comic books. The question is, do we deal with the pandemic going forward? Like for TV shows that are starting back up, do we pretend like it didn't happen? Do we kind of ignore it? So there is that kind of huge question because this is something unlike any mm. of us have ever, ever faced before with the lockdowns yeah. and all the restrictions. So that's kind of interesting that I think as far as I know, you are the first person to creatively address the issue of the pandemic. Okay. Yeah, no, I, that's a good point. You mentioned actually. I, I think it's something that's just so unusual and unprecedented that it will 
like you, you can't just ignore it like because it's something so universal as well like everyone in some way is, is touched by it so um i i heard something on a i think a podcast uh a while ago where it talks about this being sort of our generation of world war Two, where it's not obviously not the same type of thing but in terms of like you you can't we can't go back like it's a landmark kind of thing where it changes things going forward so i think there'll be more sort of stories and um that that deal with the situation in, in different ways yeah and i think the last uh the the big pandemic of 1918 i think the last time i saw that referred to was uh during downton abbey but that's set in the time period so it'll be interesting to see you know 20 years yeah. from now 40 years from now how people will look back and remember 2020 it's very interesting times in which we live mm, yeah very interesting <laughs> And with my Mahamadi, you've done so many other things. Uh, we, I think the last time we had you on, we were talking about Hot Lunch. Uh, you guys do all sorts of creative yes. projects. Tell a little bit just in general about my Yamada and uh, just how other projects have been going for you guys. Yeah, so um, definitely it's, it's been, a, a again, <laughs> a weird uh, time. I keep saying it and it, it never quite wrapped my head <laughs> around it. But um, <clears throat> um, So like I said, our, our brand is a, a manga brand, um, but alongside that we do other activities that kind of fit in. So as we started the, uh, the manga and we started developing stories, um, I started working with young people in, in schools and uh, colleges and, and youth centres um, to de- deliver like workshops, creative workshops, where young people would have a go at creating their own comics um, and characters and stories. And I kind of I wanted to do this because um, just sort of based like my own path through education and seeing how creativity was not necessarily uh, respected um, and how it was like needed you still it's not respected at school level or not given the time but then you kind of need those skills when you go in later into life so i wanted to something that would help build creative confidence in young people so uh we've been developing that uh, i can't remember when i last uh came on and spoke about it but we've probably since we branded it uh, as the storyboard um sort of program of workshops and like many things this year uh working on how we can do that online and, uh, and deliver like sessions online um, and then the other part to the uh, to the brand is our uh, gaming uh, events uh, called Gamepad, where you know we wanted to sort of bring together a community uh, around our brand uh, using video games because that's something that um, sort of appeals to our uh, much of our audience. So we set off on that path, uh, delivering events, and the idea is to use video games as a way to promote inclusion and diversity and sort of break the stereotype of who plays games and what it means to be a, a quote-unquote gamer. Um, so, yeah, that's been going well. Again, <laughs> uh, online events is now is now the thing. Right. Um, so so we've, done, we've done two and kind of using it as a platform to foster that inclusion, but also provide work experience opportunities for young people to get into the games industry. So those are some conversations that uh, I've thankfully, thankfully still been able to have uh, even through the pandemic about how we kind of create an impact on, on that level. And obviously the online things we've seen them with uh, virtual cons and obviously the events you're doing have been uh, a lifesaver in many instances, but also I know with all the lockdowns and everything due to the pandemic, a lot of people like yourself who are creative types have had extra time to create now because what else are we going to do? So how has, how has the pandemic affected your output as far as the comics and the projects like that? Has it been uh, just you've got more ideas now than you have time to print them? How's it been going for you? Yeah, that's a good question because it's it's not always as as simple as having more time. And I was thinking about this like during the pandemic. So like on one level, yes, there is more time um, because you can't sort of, you know, at one period we literally couldn't, you know, go out and and do anything. Um, So it just gives you more time. But then I think... Like for me as a um, as a small business sort of uh, um, very small company um, and self employed it's it's slightly different where I didn't have the uh, I guess the somewhat relative security of being furloughed um, so we had that in uh, here in the UK where people were furloughed um, essentially paid to stay uh, at home uh, away from work uh, I didn't have that I just had all my business stop <laughs> um, oh. and sort of in yeah, it was tough because in March, when things really started to hit, it was like the realization that, oh, uh, as a business, most of what we do to make money depends on 
us being in a room <laughs> with other people, whether it's a workshop or our event or going to conventions. And that all stopped. That So that was quite scary because that literally business stopped. Um, so again, more time and <laughs> uh, nothing but time to sort of think about how, not just how um, sort of going to get through and, and survive this period, but um, I felt that this is something that it's not about going back. Like I said, it's not about going back to where, where it was. I feel things have changed going forward. It's like, how do you now adapt to that? How do you like literally change your business? So it's more resilient. So it doesn't rely on just like uh, these certain ways of making money. And then particularly with how do you bring in that online component? So from that perspective, a lot of thinking, a lot of time to think, um, sort of and then battling with like, you know, the mental toll of, uh, dealing with the business side and then sort of socially how do you when you can't see people um and then sort of creatively with stories i think to be honest it's only in a recent sort of month or two that i've really started thinking about stories um and like how <laughs> putting stories together obviously with the kickstarter and everything just because yeah just wasn't in that in that space uh despite having sort of that relative more time just yeah. not being necessarily in that in that space so yeah, it's been a sort of weird up and down roller coaster period. Well, it's very interesting though that you guys you obviously uh, have pulled through. You're still here, which is great, uh, especially with all the great things yeah. that you do for uh, just entertainment and also for the community at large. Like you've uh, mentioned, the project you guys have going on and uh, the Kickstarter. I saw the goal has been made, and you're zeroing in on that first stretch goal, which uh, you still got time to do it. I think you still got about uh, a little over a week. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, I can't maybe like thirteen, twelve days, something like that. So, uh, yeah, there's still time. I, I thought like, I mean, the first thing is like we we hear, so that's always a good thing. Right. Um, and then just trying to think about what we can do beyond that. So, something we did with our uh, larger volumes is create collector's editions. So, uh, this story is like a, a smaller sort of comic size story, but. Um, I think if we can hit this stretch goal, we can sort of bring some of that extra content, so like sketch um, sketches, uh, artist writer commentary. So me being a writer and our artist Penali, um, I also wanted to think about like variant uh, cover uh, artwork with different artists. So that's something I'm going to update the page with. So hopefully, yeah, but hopefully we can keep like some momentum going and and get towards this uh, this stretch goal uh, before the end of the campaign. And obviously, with all the good work you're doing, it's easy to uh, do some collaborations with other people. Talk a little bit about collaborating with Mayamada and some other organizations. Yeah, so I mean, like as we started the Gamepad event, uh, like I said, it, it's uh, it's kind of like a, a fun day or yeah, fun time uh, in the stream where people can come enjoy games and promoting that inclusion and diversity. And because of that, we've been able to link with different people in the industry because. I mean, even before this year, the idea of um, bringing sort of more diverse groups into the games industry has been a topic of conversation. Uh, and because of the work that I do through uh, workshops, I've been able to go to like different places, uh, different areas of, of uh, London primarily, but speak to sort of groups that are under in the games industry um so we've been able to work with people like uh, nintendo have supported our event previously uh, ubisoft um and more recently uh, people like uh, yuki who um are the uk uh, trade body for interactive entertainment and video games um so that's been a really big one because they've been able to help us sort of get I guess, get uh, connected with other high profile people in the games industry. So I've been lucky enough to be able to like interview uh, a bunch of people for uh, the two online events that we've had because of their support and sort of uh, sponsorship with other organizations as well. So yeah, it's been, it's been really good. So I'm hoping like before the end of the year, we'll be able to sort of build on those, uh, those collaborations and, uh, and bring more people on board. And uh, like I said, it's very timely because I think this is the only project I've seen that's actually dealing with uh, characters dealing with what we're all dealing with. So it's very timely and interesting. And again, it's serious through the fog. If you look up that or I assume it's under Mayamata also on Kickstarter, uh, we'll put a link in the yeah. show notes. So if any of you want to click on that and donate to help them meet that first and hopefully second and third stretch goals, that'd be great. And if people are more interested in learning about uh Mayamata and your work where can they find you what's the website you got some social handles and things like that 
Yes, yeah, we've got uh, we've got a few websites actually. Um, so we've got myometa.com, and that's probably the best place uh, where you can find links to everywhere. We've also, if you are particularly interested in um, video games, uh, we do have our website gamepad.events, which is where you know we focus on the the gaming event that we do. Um, we had one this month. Uh, our next one will be in like the new year, but we're also thinking about different activities we can do in the meantime, like talks, interviews, panels, uh, things like that. Uh, and then on social media, uh, main places are Twitter. So Myameda, uh, M-A-Y-A-M-A-D-A uh, on Twitter and uh, Myameda Tees on Instagram because someone already had Myameda when I went to sign up. <laughs> So I had to add uh, tees on there because we uh, we uh, do like merchandise and T-shirts and stuff. And that's the first thing that came to mind. Perfect. That's a great thing. And continued success. I'll watch the Kickstarter to see how far along you get. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And again, if you're wanting to donate to get to that goal, just go to Kickstarter and look for Mayamata. It's serious through the fog. Nigel Tomasi, as always, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for being on the show. My thanks again to Nigel Tomasi and my apologies. I should have aired this segment last week. I had trouble accessing the audio, so that Kickstarter is over, but you can go to the website and get a lot of their stuff, support them. They do a lot of great things at Mayamata. We're going to take our first break, come back and talk with actor Aaron Dallavilla right after this, so stand by. Hi, this is Barry Bostwick, and damn it, Janet, would you just keep listening and come back to Geek to Me Radio, will you? I have one thing to say, and that's damn it, Janet, I love you. Welcome back to our second segment here on Geek to Me Radio. We've got Aaron Della Villa on deck talking about some of his projects. Uh, very excited to talk to this guy. He's a true actor's actor, and you'll hear why as we speak with him. Right now, we've got actor Aaron Della Villa on the phone talking to him about several of his projects. I just watched Pledge, which can only be described, in my estimation, as a mixture of The Skulls and Hostile. Aaron Della Villa, how are you? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me, James. Of course. It was such an intense movie uh the publicist was kind enough to send me a screener and i i'm a horror fan to begin with but this just kind of it's one of those enclosed places it's tight every scene feels like it's just dripping with tension that must have been from an actor's standpoint a lot of fun to film oh my god man it was it was an absolute blast man it's one of my favorite roles and how how did you get the part uh, talk a little bit about uh finding the project auditioning for it talk a little bit about uh, getting the part of max yeah, so check this out. I didn't even audition through an agent or a manager. I had those at the time. This was a complete self-submission that I found on casting networks. I saw the breakdown for the character. I knew it was perfect. I knew I could nail it. I submitted for it. I got the audition. I ended up walking into this apartment with these two dudes, and we did the scene, and next thing you know, we're doing an improv scene, and I'm I'm – pouring water on Zach's face and you know we got all that on camera and they tell me that the moment I left the audition they said he's got the part they didn't see any other actors for the role of Max they immediately cast me I was their first audition for the movie and I was their first booking for the movie they immediately cast me for the part they later told me wow uh, that's what I'm saying man don't sleep and you think this is some little indie horror movie Man, don't sleep on these projects, man. I had an agent at the time telling me this isn't going to go anywhere. You're not going to get picked up. You're not going to get distribution. You're only going to VOD. And I said, you watch, man. We're going to get picked up. We're going to go places with this. It got picked up by IC Midnight, and it's on Hulu. And it's one of the it's one of the it's one of my favorite things that I've done out there, man. And it's brought me so much, so many things. So don't sleep on the little indie movies, man. <laughs> That's right. A lot of times, and I've talked about this with friends. These indie movies are in so many ways and so many times better than the big house production things that are coming out. It's amazing. Thank you, because you because the filmmaking progress. There's a lot of bureaucracy when the budgets get higher. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And plus the the people who write the stuff like this and like yourself, obviously there's there's a hunger to want to do these things and that that definitely comes across in the writing, in the directing, in the way it's shot and the acting. It was it was a a great movie. I can't recommend Pledge high enough. Thank you, man. And you know, you brought up that hunger detail. That's what I'm saying, man. You know, I, I keep telling myself no matter how much success I end up achieving in this business. I always want to stay hungry. I never want to have that complacent moment where I stop fighting. That's why I specifically I'll talk, I talk about this in my next place or whatever. If I ever have, you know, the big mansion and stuff, I want to have a room modeled after one of these small apartments that I used to live in and do my work in there for the films that I'm going out for. Cause that'll remind me about the hunger that I was feeling during those days, man. And that'll keep me pushing for excellence. And that's a great thing too. A lot of people, I, I'm not to obviously name names, but I think it's just human nature. People kind of forget after they get complacent, they get comfortable. And I think it's, it's not a knock on anybody, but that does happen. And I just read uh, Christopher Eccleston's biography and he mentioned Albert Finney was one of those actors who never forgot his working class roots in Salford, England. He remembered where he came from. And I think that's one of the reasons Albert Finney had such an incredible career. So I can only assume we'll see more great things from you. Thank you, man. Yeah, I think it's definitely key as a performer, as an artist, as a human, that we never forget our roots. We honor and respect that. And uh, that'll keep us moving towards uh, towards uh, giving a great product. Now, you originally went to school, you studied music and dance training, uh, the classical modern dance, ballet, everything like that. Have you ever found yourself disappointed that you aren't able to use more of that in the roles you've gotten? Because you've gotten some great roles on a lot of great movies, a lot of great TV shows like Gotham, which uh, was a phenomenal show. Have you ever felt like you wish you could get more roles toward the dance and musical side? One, well, here's the thing, my man, is that I've done off Broadway. So that, that quench, that hunger for that was satisfied. I was working on a project actually that was being workshopped right before COVID shut down, the COVID shutdown where I utilized my dance and acting physicality. And I was in an off Broadway show for a year, two years ago, uh, where I was literally exercising my dance training and acting training. Now in the film aspect, yes, I definitely want to do some sort of, like La La Land esque or something even grittier. I want, I want like Fight Club meets dance, you know, meets <laughs> Black Swan or something. That would be dope. That just like these, these sick dance scenes with, with, uh, with just these hardcore acting scenes. I would, that, that would, I would love. I'm actually shooting one of my own projects that I'm developing with a filmmaker friend of mine, I have a 16 millimeter parabolics camera and we want to do a little black and white dance short because I've always wanted to do a dance film. And you're right. I haven't done that yet. So I do want to do that. And looking over your IMDb resume, which is very impressive. Uh, you've got a lot of great roles. Is there a certain thing that draws you to a certain role? Obviously a lot of actors are just grateful for the work and they want to act. But it seems like looking over your resume, you've been slightly choosy. You haven't just taken any old role. You've taken some really great parts. Is there a certain thing that attracts you to a role or a project as an actor? I really like the wild cards, man. You know, I kind of like the people that are on the, the outskirts of society. Um, like Max, for example, even though he is up in this upper echelon skull and bones type, he is the wild card of the group. Um and just to take on someone who has that confliction is really awesome. And all those small things to take on the role of Dennis, who is famous for creating rap and jazz styles. That musical part of me came out and I said, wow, this guy's a total wild card. How can I bring, how can I make someone likable who comes off douchey? So that was my <laughs> job to make him endearing and lovable so that people don't hate him. And I'm told that people love him. Um, so yeah, it's anything that's like challenging. Like uh, one of my favorite actors is James McAvoy, and oh, yeah. I think I think I'm a good type for all the kind of parts he plays. I think he's one of the most underrated actors, man. I think he's one of the best actors working today. I mean, you just see him in Split to do a movie like that and to take on those roles like him. That would be oh man. 
I feel like Split yeah. was one of the most slept on movies of that year. It came out in January oh, and I was telling all everyone about it. Nobody saw it. He wasn't nominated for anything after he played like eight different roles. It was incredible. Yeah, dude. No, he actually does a master class in, of acting in that movie and he was great and wanted. He's James McAvoy is great in everything he does, man. You know, and him and Christian Bale, that their their roles. I mean, those are the, those are the actors that I look up to, and I'm like, yeah, man. And they really get into the parts, like uh, Christian Bale, famously for American Psycho, lost all that weight and then put on all that muscle to be Batman. And have you ever had to go through any terrible extremes like that yet in your career? We'll pause right there, come back, and continue our talk with Aaron Dallavilla. Stand by. Hi, this is Meatloaf, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Welcome back to our third segment here on Geek to Me Radio. This segment brought to you by Marcus Theaters. MarcusTheaters.com is the website. I know a lot of people are saddened to hear that No Time to Die, the next James Bond movie, Daniel Craig's final outing, was moved from November of this year, pushed back to April of 2021 but there are still a lot of good movies out there to be seen marcus theaters wants you to come see them uh this is the time to go see movies if you need to get out and just spend some time out of the house you can do it safely at marcus theaters i personally have gone to a few of the marcus locations around the st louis area they are safe they've got kick plates on the door you can put your foot on them and open the door you don't have to touch the door handles uh, they've got the app, the Marcus Theaters app. You can order your concessions ahead of time. They'll be waiting for you. So it's a contactless experience. You can uh, get your tickets online and they've really done everything they can. They've gone above and beyond the guidelines that were set in place for them to reopen to make sure that you felt safe, that their workers are safe there. And it's a good time to go see movies, get out and support them. These are the kind of people you want to support people who are doing this to bring back movies safely. Go see Tenet. Go see Unhinged. Go see The New Mutants. A lot of good movies in theaters to be seen. And I encourage you to do it at a Marcus Theaters. MarcusTheaters.com is the website. Check it out. Order your tickets right there online. And, of course, download the Marcus app. And you can order your concessions and tickets and all sorts of other cool things right from the app. Very proud to have Marcus Theaters as the official movie sponsor of geek to me Radio. Before we took that last break, we were continuing our chat with actor Aaron Dallavilla, and we asked him if, uh, talking about Christian Bale for the extremes he went through from between American Psycho and then going into Batman Begins, if he's done any extreme physical changes for any roles in his career. Yeah, I did it. They call me crazy, man. I did that for a short film. Oh, really? <laughs> I, did that. I did that for a short film that wasn't paying me much money. And the director literally said, hey, we're shooting a movie, a short film. You're on a stranded island. I want you to gain weight and lose 10 pounds, 15 pounds in two weeks. Do you want to do it? I said, screw it, man. Let's do it. So I did it, man. It was, oh, it was awful, dude. It was, a, it was, it, I, I, I gained so much respect for the actors that had to do that because I literally tried the Christian Bale diet. I didn't eat anything. I did hit cardio on an empty stomach. It was a pain my mm. man it was mm. really tough that was the most tough thing i've ever done in my career it was it was that you have to love acting to be able to pursue those kinds of lengths in order to take on these parts that's i think that's kudos to you for doing that that's a lot of people probably wouldn't have for just a short movie that's great thank you as an actor obviously you're you're kind of always looking at the next project be it something that you're creating or something you've got on your horizon you want to do what would be uh let, let's say Name three directors on your bucket list you'd like to work with in your career. Tarantino. I don't know the directors that are involved in video games, but I want to do a video game, dude. Like the whole motion like capture, I, all of it? Oh, yeah. I was up for, I think I was up for Far Cry 5, actually. I was oh, up nice. for a role in that. Yeah, it came down to me and this other guy. They ended up going with the, the guy who was more local, but man, I wanted to do that part so bad. He was like part of this cult. And he was this guy who was like really off kilter. I want to do a video game because I'm a big God of War fan. You know, I yeah. love God of War. If I could do a part in God of War, I would lose my mind. <laughs> so that Tarantino, and I want to do, um, man, I want to do something like the. I, I want to work with the Softy Brothers, man. I want to either work with the Softy Brothers or something affiliated with the Matrix. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got a lot of things, uh, obviously, I'm assuming because of COVID kind of shut down the world uh, back in March, but you've got a lot of things in post-production and that are completed mm-hmm. just waiting to come out. Uh, that's So what have you been doing in the interim while the world's kind of waiting? Uh, obviously, a lot of things have been shut down production-wise as far as filming and everything else. What have you been doing in the meantime? Well, I'm very fortunate to say that I've been busy the entire COVID season with uh, auditions. Great. Uh, I got into the voiceover game uh, two years ago, and I just signed with an agency uh, across the board, and they kept me busy the entire COVID season going out for audition for, for voiceovers. I booked two voiceovers for Starburst and Hollister over COVID, uh, so I'm very grateful for that. And I'm shooting a, a spot on a Netflix show in October, actually. So that's another booking. And I just got another booking for the Palm Springs Film Festival. I think I'm going to be like introducing it or something. I just got the email. So I've been really fortunate during this time. Uh, but while the on-camera stuff was slower a couple months back, I and while I was only getting those voiceover auditions, I decided to shift into releasing my music. And because I'd been sitting on these lyrics, I was in a boy band before it fell apart. I said, man, I'm not going to waste those two years I spent in the boy band, you know, wasting that craft that I was, you know, of that skill that I was crafting. I'm going to put it out there. So I decided to put it out there and I'm happy. And I just have three songs on Spotify, more on the way. You know, it's really cool. These movies I got coming out are actually asking for my musical uh, abilities as well. Really? Nice. Like all those small, yeah, the, all those small things. I actually wrote lyrics for two of the songs that are sampled in the movie. So I have rights to two songs once the movie is out that I can put under my catalog. And then I'm being asked for the other project to write a song. I wrote a song specifically for it. And then another one, I wrote a song for side promo for the movie. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy I'm being able to marry those two things because I'm going to cross people who are fans of the acting over the music and people who are fans of the music over to the acting. Okay, so now this begs the question because you're singing, songwriting, dancing, uh, ballet and classical type dance, acting, uh, you're, you've directed stuff. What don't you do? <laughs> That's a lot to take on, Aaron. Come on. What don't you do? Uh, sleep. <laughs> it sounds like it. So what was it that uh, was the spark that kind of made you get into, I guess, it, at first music and dance, but then into acting? What was what was that spark that kind of uh, ignited this flame within you? It was sheer desperation to keep moving forward. Because I had a slight injury in dance, and I said, what do I do? I thought I was going to be a dancer. I thought this was going to be my life. What do I do? Screw it. I'll act. And I just jumped on the computer. I was living in an apartment uh, at that time with a roommate. I didn't even have a room. I lived in the open space on a mattress, you know, working, like living out of two suitcases, hopped on the computer on Craigslist. And I just started submitting for projects. And then one thing led to another. You know, I just I just learned how to do it. I just hustled. And I think that's uh, a great story. That That's how it started with you. And look at all the success you've had. I think that's uh, that's an incredible story. It, it is because it's I, I will never I tell myself I'll never forget where I came from. I mean, I've been in situations where. I've been kicked out of living environments. I wasn't able to get back into the apartment. I had to be, I had to, I, I was, I was, I was homeless for a time. I had to go live in a hostel, um, you know, and then when I finally got my own apartment in New York, in Manhattan, it's like I walked into the space with my suitcases and I literally broke down in tears because I was like, man, I can finally build some roots. And that was when my life really started to to uh, to move forward. You know, I stopped being a gypsy, and I'll never forget where I come from, man. I'll never forget that. And a lot of great projects under your belt. Uh, again, to kind of circle it back to Pledge, which, again, you said it's on Hulu. It's a great—if you haven't watched it already and you're listening to this, go check it out, especially if you are a fan of the horror genre. It's great. When you go to a dark character like Max in that movie— where do you draw from? What kind of, uh, where are you pulling ideas from for this type of character? We'll pause there, come back, and finish our talk 
with Aaron Dallavilla stand by. Well, I finally found what I'm looking for. But if they give a chance, I'll end it for sure. Surely it would. Baby, how can I? Hi, this is John Emmett Tracy from iZombie, Supernatural, and Assassin's Creed 3. You are listening to geek to me Radio. And we're back on geek to me Radio. Finishing up this segment, we'd asked Aaron Dallavilla right before we went to break, uh, where does he go to to draw on these dark characters like Max from Pledge? Where does he find that dark edge inside him? Say, I grew up with someone who... Uh, exhibited those traits of rage seeing that person growing up uh who was within my family and i saw that so that rage was in me you know that was in me and all i had to do was kind of just tap into that and i use music to tap into to those sort of characters music helps me they're, every character has a certain rhythm. They have a certain sound. They have a certain music to them. And they all prefer a certain type of music. And uh, tapping into that false power is makes you feel powerful, too. But it's a complete false sense of power. And as I said, it was such a great movie. What did this project teach you as an actor while working on Pledge? <clears throat> wow, that's a great question how free I could be on set, hmm. uh, in the improv, how, how I, I think of it to this day. Like there's some moments in that movie that I'm literally like, I can't recreate today hmm. that I'm just so free in that moment. It t- taught me how to really let go. And I'm still working on this every day to let go and just be, just be, let go and just be. You know, because there were there were moments on the set of Pledge where, you know, we're shooting this movie and, and I, I'm not like thinking, oh, I'm going to do this thing. No, I'm just going to go there and just have fun. And I don't really care. And it came off great. So, <laughs> so you know, learning how to let go of the control that many of us actors struggle with, you know, trying to get it right. Uh, that that's what I learned and that I could and also that I really enjoyed method acting I really enjoy it (laughs) because you can you live and breathe the character outside of the confines of the script the script has a certain logic that follows I mean how does this character eat breakfast how do they listen to music how do they put on their shoes in the morning you know and being method with something you know without hurting people you know because some people go method and it's like, you know, it's just, you know, you shouldn't have done that. Right. That's just rude. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we know who we're talking about. here. Right. We both, I, don't, I don't need to say who, but yeah, it's just <laughs> gross. But, you know, you do it. There's a you get to experience other parts of who this person is outside of the script. And you really get to grow an understanding of that person. And then with all the projects you've done, you've worked with some fantastic actors uh, themselves. Who would you say, acting-wise, what person have you learned the most from as a fellow actor? I think so far in my career, it was the most recent movie I did. Uh, It's called All Those Small Things. And I was working with James Faulkner. Man, he's uh, he's just on another level. You know, He, he takes his time. He's not afraid to sit in the moment and be completely comfortable. He's not rushing. He's just there. We we had this scene in the theater. I don't want to reveal the part of the movie, but I come in and I show him something and it doesn't go the way I wanted it to go. And then I come up to him and I shake his hand and he dropped his guard to a level of, I've never seen another person be that vulnerable to me. Hmm. And I literally saw his soul. And I was like, Oh, that's why you're who you are because you're able to drop your shield and be that vulnerable. That was 
freaking beautiful man. Hmm. And I learned so much working with him. He takes his time and he also fights for his craft. He'll be like, no, can we get another take? I want to, I need to do another take. Like this is, this is my work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have to sometimes do that and be like, you know, no, I want to, I get another take, please. Like, like, um, you know, you have to, you have to, uh, it's a respect for the craft and the quality of work that you want to put out there. And that's one of the ones, all those small things you have that's completed should be coming out here, uh, hopefully fairly soon, along with a lot of other projects. Is there uh, anything that you're most looking forward to as far as the stuff? Like I said, you've got four or five projects that are either in post-production or completed and should be coming out. Is there one that you really want people to watch for that you're most proud of that's coming out? I got a project that I haven't seen. Oh, all of them I haven't seen. I got a project being directed by Daniel Robbins, the director of Pledge, mm-hmm. that I'm terrified of. But people have seen it and said it's awesome. And it's an untitled project. And it's a secret project that I'm most excited about and absolutely terrified about. <laughs> And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that. Okay. And I but I honestly think it's gonna blow people away. So after that comes out and it's no longer a secret, can we get you back on the show to talk about it? One hundred percent. Brilliant. That's perfect. And let everybody know where they can find you if they want to keep up with you on social media, websites, what people can look for you as far as uh, online. Yeah, they can follow me at my social media channels at Aaron Bellavilla. Uh, I'm mainly most active on Instagram. Uh, I go live at five on Sundays, every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to connect with uh, fans and followers and take questions. Stuff. I think I'm actually might be turning that into a podcast called Live at Five. Nice. I got that idea percolating and stuff, trying to marry all the birds, marry, I mean, marry all the avenues of social media outlets. So at Aaron Delaville on Instagram. Check out my music, Dallaville on Spotify. Hit the follow. I'm on YouTube as well. Um, check out Tucci and Jones. That's on YouTube as well. That's the web series I just dropped. And uh, just uh, Google me, Aaron Dallaville, and you'll see a pledge and trick on who. Of course, there has to be a podcast because you don't have enough stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, you know, I got the dude. I, like, I'm just trying to. I'm one of those guys, James, where I'll throw stuff at a wall just to see if it sticks. Yeah, I get it. You know, that's how I got into acting. I started throwing it at a wall, seeing if it stuck, sticks, and it started. So, so, so I'm, I'm while I'm doing these live fives on Sunday, five p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm thinking. Well, if I'm already going live and I'm already streaming live on YouTube, why don't I just turn the audio into a podcast? Yeah, makes a lot of sense. It's right there, you know. But I would try to, uh, I would, I would, I would try to do an unedited podcast. But I don't think I'd be able to get away with an unedited <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I think I'd add need some editing. Yeah, the FCC is not as strict on uh, on those live things as far as streaming services yet. So we, I think you're you're probably okay. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Well, it's been a blast talking to you. Uh, like I said, loved your performance in Pledge as Max, and I can't wait to see these other projects you've got coming out. Aaron Dallavilla, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, James. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. There he goes, Aaron Delaville, a phenomenal talent, really nice guy. Love talking to him. And be sure, please, to go check out his YouTube web series, Tucci and Jones. You can get that, as I said, on YouTube. And also go to Spotify and check out his new songs, the new songs from Aaron Dallavilla. Check them out on Twitter and Instagram as well. We're going to take our final break, come back and chat with Jim Oosley about his updates for the Butcher Queen projects. Stand by. Hi, this is Tova Felchu from The Walking Dead. I play Deanna Monroe, and I'm happy to be on Geek to Me Radio. Here we are in October. Nothing says October like the Butcher Queen. We've had Jim Oosley and his artist collaborator Ben Sawyer on the air before, and Jim called in, wanted to give us an update on what's going on with all things Butcher Queen. 
Right now, we're talking with Jim Oosley. You've been on the show before. You know we've talked about Rough and Tumble, uh, Dead Palace, and of course, Butcher Queen. And he's got some more news. Perfect in time for the spooky season. Jim, how are you? I'm doing great, and thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. Always love talking about your projects. Uh, you and Ben always knock it out of the park. Um, now you've got the graphic novel being collected of the Butcher Queen coming out. Is that correct? Yeah, it actually comes out on October 14th. It's a uh, trade paperback. It's Butcher Queen Volume 1, Black Star City. And uh, yeah, it uh, collects the first four issues of the series. And uh, it's really great because we've got like some bonus stories in there. There's an art gallery and a cover gallery with uh, Jim Foods art. And it's it's really, really going to be a fun fun package. And for those of you who are kind of wondering about this, we've had, obviously, Jim on the show before talking about uh, the, the, all the stuff he's done, Red 5, picking up the series and doing some uh, a lot of fun stuff with that. And now you've got the sequel coming out in October as well. Yeah, it's called Butcher Queen, uh, Planet of the Dead. And it's uh, Ben Sawyer and me, again, uh, writing. He's, he's doing the art. And uh, yeah, it's really great because it's... Uh, you know, we learned so much from doing the first series, and this this new series is uh, quite a different animal altogether. We wanted, you know, if we wanted to do another series, we, you know, why why do the same thing again? You know, so this one uh, is a little more expansive, and it's it's narrative vision. You know, it's a uh, it's a story about uh, two different dimensions, and uh, it's about survival and family, and we're just really super pleased with it. It's it's turned out great. And this can be, I guess, if uh, people can pre-order it, they can probably go to Red 5 as a comic uh, website where they can go pre-order the, the uh, issue? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we always encourage people when they, uh, if they're interested in the series, in their local comic shop. Uh, a lot of shops are carrying, will be carrying it, you know, across the country. But if your comic shop doesn't have it, you can go to red5comics.com and their store and you can pre-order it there. Or you can buy it there, that you know, the, the trade paperback or the new series. And there's also some exclusives on the Red 5 site as well, uh, like exclusive variant covers and, and things of that nature. So uh, either one of those would be great. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's really a, a fun series. And I think what the most important difference between the two series is, is that on this one, you know, when, on the first one, it was a lot uh, darker and there was a lot of... Uh, Sort of the the secure butcher queen Norish inner dialogue stuff where you would hear, you know, what she was thinking and and, and everything else. And this one is much more uh, dialogue driven, and it's much more about the camaraderie camaraderie she has or that she has now with her her team. And uh, it's just a really really fun story. It's also dark, but it's also got some humor and uh, some nice twists that I think people will really enjoy. Very cool. And yeah, obviously, please go to your local comic book store and solicit it. Make sure they have it ordered or to let them know you want it so they can order it or at least get it in for you. Uh, I know, obviously, because of COVID, a lot of comic book stores, not only some places haven't reopened yet, but obviously some places have completely gone away, unfortunately. So if you do have a local comic book store, see if they can get this. Please support your local comic book store. But you can also, if you don't have that option, uh, Red Five's website is the best way to do that. And you've got an event plan for here locally at uh, uh apotheos comics I, I didn't say that right how am i saying um, apotheos comics, apotheos? Uh-huh. yes on the, on the south side mm-hmm. yeah talk a little bit about that well we're uh, we're just doing a, a special uh release party that kind of celebrates the release of the trade paperback uh collection of the first series and the debut of issue one of butcher queen planet of the dead so we're doing a uh, a socially distanced uh covid-minded release event there will be signing books and doing giveaways of stickers and buttons and we'll be having like variant uh cover issues to give away and, and things like that but yeah we're doing a socially distant signing there it's going to be a lot of fun and uh it's not going to be a, a thing where it's a big you know a party like it was before it's going to be very done very carefully and respectfully we want everyone to be safe so there's going to be sanitizer there and only a certain amount of people in the store at a time so it, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're just taking the care to make sure everybody's safe. But at the same time, we want folks to know that we've got these these two uh, these two things going on and, and coming out to people. So that sounds going to be fun. Very cool. Yeah. And tell people where they can find you online as well, Jim. I'm on Facebook and Twitter at Jim Moosley, J-I-M-O-U-S-L-E-Y. And I'm on Instagram at 
Radio underscore Jimbo. And Butcher Queen is across all platforms at, at Butcher Q Comic. And that's where you'll find us. And I want to say something really quick, too, for the issue one. There's lots of cool variants by Alan Quay and, and Zach Howard. But uh, on issue one in most stores, they'll either have the Tim Bradstreet variant, which is really cool, or the Benjamin Sawyer uh, version. Now, the Benjamin Sawyer version, every issue of Butcher Queen, Planet of the Dead, there's four issues in the series. Um, they're going to be connecting covers. So they'll all create one big image, which oh, is really cool. cool. And I've seen the image, and it's awesome. <laughs> Very so, neat. Just something to keep in mind when you're out there hunting for uh, issues and stuff. Perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for variants. So I think that was directed directly at me, Jim. I feel targeted now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Perfect. Well, as always. You, you know that. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Of course, of course. And uh, it's always great to have you on. I love talking about the stuff that you guys do. It's a quality, quality product. And if you're a comic book fan out there, you really need to make sure you go pick up the graphic novel and then get into the second series of Butcher Queen. Jim, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having us on, man. You'll have been so supportive, and we, we always appreciate it. Anytime. Anything I can do to help. Take care. That's going to do it for us. My thanks once again to Nigel Tuomasi of Mayamata Media. Make sure you check out their website and get some cool manga from them. Thanks again to Aaron Dallavilla. Check out Pledge on Hulu. And of course, Tucci and Jones, the web series on YouTube and his new songs on Spotify. And please go check out Jim Oosley's project, The Butcher Queen. If you already got some of those, fantastic. Make sure you grab that trade paperback. Until next week, my friends. It's not in the way you watch I sound be. Galaxy, good night. Hi, this is James Enstall, host of Geek Me Radio, and in honor of my favorite Themyserian, I've decided to become an Amazon warrior. Hera, give me strength. The next time you want to buy something from Amazon, go to geektomeradio.com first and click on our Amazon affiliate link. Simply shop like you normally would, and when you check out, a small percentage will go towards supporting the show. So remember, the next time you want to search Amazon for the latest Wonder Woman graphic novel or parts for your invisible jet... Click through from geek 2 me radiocom first. The world was in peril. Would you have me stand by and do nothing?